Welcome to the Digging Deep ATVMX Podcast with your host, hailing from Kakana, Wisconsin, riding a CST Tires SSI decals traveling back Yamaha YFC 450R, four-time ATV Motocross National Champion, number 25. Cody Jensen. What's up, everybody? We're back. Welcome to the latest edition of the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast, episode 101 of the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast, presented by our title sponsor, CST Tires, in stock and available for purchase today at shop.csdtires.com. I'm your host, Cody Jansen, saying hello to our more than 193,000 monthly Digging Deep listeners in all 100 countries in which you are listening, and this is our Brad Riley feature episode. Brad Riley is a tried-and-true jack-of-all-trades. The former ATV Motocross Pro is better known as one of the most accomplished TT racers of all time. With 29 titles to his name, he's dominated this genre of the sport for well over a decade, and he is still arguably the fastest TT racer on the planet. From his full racing story that is very TT racing focused to giving ATV motocross a try and being pretty damn good at it, dicing it up with Bryce Ford at the Wavos Pro Invitational a couple months back and more, we get into a little bit of everything with Brad Riley in the episode ahead right here on the Digging Deep ATV MX podcast. With that, let's quickly shout out all of our incredible partners who are back with us for yet another exciting season here at Digging Deep. CST Tires, go to shop.csttires.com today. Yamaha, thanks to Blue Crew, thanks to SSI decals, DID Racing Chain, Namira Technologies, Bronco ATV and UTV Components, Impact Solutions, Lonerville Steel Enterprises and Concrete Supply, the financial advice of the Haymauer Financial Group, Forworks Carbon, DP Brakes, Factory 43, Binkies Forever ATC Museum, Evans Waterless Power Sports, Coolant, Walsh Racecraft, and Manscaped. Get 20% off and free shipping with code DIGGINGDEEP20 at manscaped.com. Manscaped Signature Line, the Performance Package 4.0, includes the new Lawnmower 4.0 electric trimmer that I rely on to help keep my beard on point, the best nose hair trimmer ever created, and an array of goodies like deodorant, boxer briefs, a travel bag, and more. So check out Manscaped. I wish I would have sooner and get 20% off with free shipping by using code DIGGINGDEEP20 at manscaped.com. So rad, I say it every week, so rad that Manscaped is investing in ATV Racing as a longtime partner of Digging Deep. Help us keep them in the fold and involved in ATV Racing by using our Digging Deep 20 code so they know you enjoy Digging Deep and what we're all about here. Support all these great companies that support us and for any products that fall through the cracks, you know what to do. Click that Rocky Mountain ATVMC banner on our website to help us out. The 2022 season will be here before we know it and we both know you still need parts and gear. No matter what off-road gear parts you need, Rocky Mountain ATVMC has you covered. But before you buy, simply click that Rocky Mountain ATVMC banner on our website. By using our specific link, we get a percentage of what you buy on the back end, enabling you to help us out while purchasing the parts you need Anyway, and did you know you can buy OEM parts from Rocky Mountain ATVMC as well? Yep, shipped conveniently right to your door. So click that Rocky Mountain ATVMC banner at diggingdeepatvmx.com to help us out while satisfying all your gear and parts needs. No new donors to shout out this week, but if you are interested in donating and hearing your name right here on the show, you can find the Patreon or buy me a coffee donation links on our website. Major thanks to all who have donated, and if you can't donate but you want to help us out, you can rate and leave us a review on iTunes and 
and Spotify that helps us out in a major way, boosting the algorithm and hopefully getting Digging Deep out in front of more and more potential listeners. So that's another easy way to help support us. Now, it's showtime. The 30-second board is up, it's sideways, and the gate is down. Time to dig deep. Let's go. All right, guys, back here for yet another episode of the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast, our 101st episode now, and we're kicking off the new year with a guy who's been on my guest list for a long time. Brought to you by our friends at Blenders Eyewear. Use discount code DIGGINGDEEP20 at checkout for 20% off of your order at BlendersEyewear.com. Blenders Eyewear is, of course, the sunglasses choice of the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast. The Sugar Mac model has been seemingly my pair of choice for a while now. Find your favorite at BlendersEyewear.com today and use discount code DIGGINGDEEP20 for 20% off. Tonight, Blenders Eyewear presents the fastest TT racer on the planet, one of the fastest racers in his discipline of all time. Say hello to multi-time extreme dirt track pro champion, Mr. Brad Riley. What's up, buddy? Welcome to Digging Deep. Thanks so much for being here, pal. Thanks for having me, man. It's an honor. It's an honor for me. Um, like I said, I've wanted to get you on here for a while now because uh, you and I go back a number of years, really. We raced pro and pro-am together at the ATV Nationals, uh, ATV Motocross Nationals. As you may or may not know, TT racing was a, a first love of mine. So I have a major soft spot for flat track and TT. And I just knew that, you know, between the two of us, uh, we could just about talk, you know, anything under the sun, ATV racing related. So uh, again, I said it to you, already a few times but i really appreciate you being here this is going to be a lot of fun oh yeah thanks for having me it's gonna be fun so uh multi-time edt series pro champion right brad i believe it must be five or six times right so uh fill me in on that a little bit how many times it's a few more than that depends on if you're counting pro and pro am <laughs> okay okay uh, well fill me in we got i think right now we got this pro championships alone we got um nine championships in the oh pro class okay. alone <laughs> and, uh, counting pr the pro-am classes which we run uh we, we try to run as many classes as we can because we mm -hmm. we all like to be on the track as much as we can we pretty much it's basically the pro class we just get to ride it three different times of course yeah and, um, so uh between the three the two to three classes that I've run over the years, I've got uh, 29 championships. Oh my gosh, uh, that's, that's amazing. I got 11 in the AMA and in, uh, in the, the Northeast Extreme Dirt Track Series we run now, which is the premier TT, TT uh, racing uh, series um i got 18 in Eight, there 18ish yeah that's that's yeah. crazy man and a lot of them have been consecutive right i mean at least uh in recent years it seems like there's a bunch in a row now that you've racked up so that's that's uh impressive in its own right as well yeah we've had several uh we we we've had several in a row we've um yeah the first first year whenever the the northeast east extreme dirt track series kind of got big we um we run the ama and uh the northeast extreme dirt track and mm -hmm. uh i think it was 2014 and uh i won everything that year in both classes and and um that next year i was i was so burned out on on uh racing <laughs> i think i was dabbling in some motocross stuff too and sure I, I didn't run the the northeast extreme dirt track in uh that next year i think it was Okay. And um kind of took a, a year off that, just run the AMA and AMA 
15 was the last year they run the AMA. Got it. Yeah. So, so we'll get into your story a little bit, but it is your advantage, Brad, that, you know, where you're at down there in North Carolina, that's kind of the hotbed for TT, it seems nowadays. Right. And um, that's advantage you uh, because, you know, you, you're in an area at least where there's a lot of TT racing going on, you know, that's not necessarily the case in, in some sections of the country. Yeah, I feel like, uh, we definitely got, we got, um, we're, we're blessed with the tracks around here. We're, we got, um, several different, um, venues right here in North Carolina, different tracks that are really good and top notch, um, national caliper tracks. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's, it's really nice. Our local series is really good. Um, it, we got, we got some of the best tracks in, in the, in the whole U S so mm-hmm. we've run some other dabbled in some other series and it's it's um we by far got the best tracks around yeah for sure and it's it's uh it's fun to see how tt has been you know flat track and tt has seemingly been rejuvenated a little bit because it got a little got a little sketchy there you know a number of years ago maybe it's been a decade now but i'm glad to see that things have kind of come full circle so we'll, we'll get into more of your story uh we'll get into you know the state of tt racing and stuff as we go here um but i'm gonna hit you with something special uh, right away here, buddy, because this morning I was chatting with a man that I've always considered to be the best TT racer ever, uh, none other than Shane Hitt, who, by the way, was interested in purchasing some of our, our Fire Legends Never Die tees available at shop.diggingdeepatvmx.com. And I told him that uh, you were joining me on the show here this week, and this is what he said to me. And I quote, I met Brad when he first started racing. He was young, but you could tell right away he was going to be good. Well, he turned out to be great. He's definitely one of the best ever. I'd say he's better than even I was. What I really love about Brad is he can ride anything and he's not afraid to show up and line up with the best guys on any track, MX, cross country, or TT. I can't really say enough good things about him. He's just a great guy and he's good for the sport. So after hearing that, Brad, from arguably the most prolific TT racer ever, what does that mean to you? That means a lot. That's that's really cool to hear that. I'm I'm that's pretty cool um that's he's one of the guys i looked up to uh Mm -hmm. getting into racing it was uh shane hit was he was the man to beat on tt i mean he was pretty tough and then you had tim Farr. but i always liked him i liked his attitude at the track and and me and him kind of we got kind of the same attitude whenever we get to the track some Mm -hmm. people like us some people uh (laughs) hate us but uh we we show up to do a job and that's what we go out there to do. Yeah. I love that. And, and that's kind of the cool part t- to me and why I wanted to kind of, you know, let you tell your story here on the show is, um, you're kind of of that old mold, you know, where, you know, in, in the Shane hit era, you had to be, you know, to be, you know, at the top level, you had to be a good TT rider and a good moto rider. And that's what you are just, you know, your, your 20 years later, whatever the number is 25 years later. So, um, I was going to ask you, as we kind of get into your story, who, you know, you looked up to modeled yourself after who were kind of the guys you looked up to growing up and you kind of already filled us in. It's the, the Tim fires, the Shane hits those types of guys. Yeah, I think it was um it was had to be T- Shane Hit, Tim Farr, probably the top two, and then probably Natalie. I remember him coming to we used to have a, a a race in Williamston, I think it was. Okay. Uh he showed up and I was like, Who's this guy? And he went out there and he just kicked everybody's tail. And it was my early years. I think I was sixteen or something and and then I started kind of following him. He's he was a bad dude on motocross too, but mm-hmm. it was it was kind of them three that I looked up to and 
look forward to to being like them later on and uh then we're the three there yeah that's awesome so uh, as we get into your story brad um like shane said you weren't afraid to line up with the you know line up against anybody anytime so to speak so uh last we saw you uh we'll get into this i guess before we start telling your story but the last we saw you you were lining up with the the fastest moto guys around at the wavos pro invitational so uh tell me you know how the experience was at that event uh i don't know if you heard it or not but bryce ford told us on our race review show that uh you gave him all he could handle and that people were telling him ahead of time you know that uh that Brad isn't gonna isn't gonna let up isn't gonna give you an inch so tell me about that uh experience and that event a little bit it was a blast man I, I Wes I'd like to give Wes a shout out there because he did a, a heck of a job with the, the the situation he had he he really uh turned it around and made it made it happen and um I think a lot of people was worried but um yeah. he pulled through but yeah it was it was really cool event I I was honored to be able to to come to it I was at DASA's one day and um David Eller, he he was there and he was talking about going and he he kind of we was sitting there talking about it and he kind of offered if hey if if you want to go because we was we was thinking about going out there flying out there we we go to Vegas once a year or so and sure we was thinking about going out and checking it out and just watching and he's like hey if you want to throw a bike in there you're more than welcome to and I'm like why wouldn't I like <laughs> right. I mean I, I got to at that point and uh we was kind of debating on what bike to take and um because he kind of the way he talked at first it was i was going to be able to take my yamaha mm -hmm. and um it was kind of i think the week of he he's posted some videos and i was like no nah, there ain't no way that that track <laughs> looks gnarly i gotta take the the honda the, the motocross bike and uh right <laughs> so and then we ended up racing at a different event and um but it was it was really awesome it was cool cool to be a part of and it was it was really interesting and getting to race against them guys um i mean i'm i think i'm about about to be 37 here i mean i, I ain't got but about i don't know 15 more years left of racing maybe <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. no i'm just kidding but um but um I, it was just cool to line up with them guys and and get out there and i remember it was kind of funny we get up there and everybody's like i remember joel's like uh you go first he's he was nobody wanted to jump up there and, and um go first so i was like i cranked my bike up and i went down there and got up against the log i was like heck with it i'll go first i'll be the first <laughs> one to make myself look stupid somebody's <laughs> got to do it going through it pretty good and then i come around the next lap and people was people was having some issues it was pretty uh pretty cool event i i enjoyed that a lot i hope uh we get to do it again um i'd like to be a part of it again but uh yeah, I was out there just having a good time. Even in qualifying, we had there was one jump. I was, I I could have went a little faster. I was out there playing around. I mean, I was going going fast, but there was this one jump. I threw a hill clicker in in the qualifying session and <laughs> just out there having a good time. And and I knew whenever I qualified, I was like, I messed up here and there. I could probably get about a second and a half or so quicker. But after after qualifying, I was like, dude, I got a shot at this. It's anybody's game with the way it was. And oh yeah. It was, it was really fun I, we come out there and I, I think Bryce and I I was up against him and uh or Bryce mm -hmm. I was up against him and um I went out there and I watched him in the practice and stuff I remember him and I don't know that I've seen him go through the the tire section and keep his feet on the foot pegs the whole time so I, I I was getting up there I was like I felt pretty good about it and we took off and he had the faster lane 
and I come out and I was right on his tail and we went in the, I think it was the third corner or so. And, and, um, I ended up getting around him or getting in front of him, but I coming out of the corner, I, I don't know if I got antsy or what, or I, I missed a gear and he went flying back by me. And then I just took, it was, it was so cold out there and it was freaking, the roofs was terrible. I had so just that one race we raced, I couldn't mm-hmm. imagine doing a whole moto behind somebody, but, uh, I got behind him and I was getting blistered. I had the bloody lips and whelps all over me. It looked like I played oh paintball gosh. after oh I was gosh. done. It was pretty bad. The, the roost was and uh, but I, I was like, I, I got to stay close to him because I get the faster lane whenever we get mm-hmm. back to the, the base of the option lanes and I get to go through the faster ones. So if I stay close to him, I'll be good. But I, I just kept on taking that roost and I kind of dropped back just a touch. And then I made one mistake and it was too far. Once we got to the there again, I, it was he was out of reach and he rode rode good. But I, I had a chance and I, I blew it. And, and then we ended up leaving because it was so cold out there and we didn't have enough clothes. OK. And um, uh, we, we ended up leaving and uh, come to find out he ended up they there's i was like who won there's like bryce won i was like oh i was i knew it was anybody's game i knew (laughs) anybody could win and that was kind of cool that it i got eliminated first round but i was like at least the guy that that i got he eliminated me was the guy that won it so it was was kind of cool right Uh, exactly i know joel made a bad mistake but that's kind of what threw a curveball and everything and and uh made it where it was anybody's game yeah, a little bit of everything there at that race. And and the cool part, like you added a, a really cool dimension to it because, you know, um, obviously we know West kind of wanted to have a little bit of everything for that event as far as racers go and backgrounds and stuff like that. But then, you know, you being a part of it to, to have moto guys, GNCC guys, works guys, and then to have a TT guy. I just thought that, you know, that makes the event that much cooler. And then, like you said, it was anybody's game. Not only do you have tons of experience, you've raced every kind of racing that there is, basically. You know, you're a jack of all trades, so that makes you super good at that event. Um, but yeah, like I hope that uh I hope that that's something that he's gonna hopefully do going forward. He's talking about possibly pulling it together. I know I saw him, you know, kind of questioning like if people want to see another one. Obviously, we all do. Everybody does, I believe. It was it was cool. It was just fun to be a part of a non-points thing and and get out of town and and go out mm-hmm. there. You can go for you can kind of have a vacation out of it and and yeah. and make it fun. Get out there and race a little bit. And mm-hmm. I remember calling West that whenever we first talked and and um he was like, "You're a TT guy. This ain't really TT." I was like, "Man, I, I raced a little bit of everything. I think I'll be good." He's like. Oh man, well, I want you to come. It, it it's going to be cool. And he kind of told me how the track was going to be, and I was I was kind of pumped up. I was like, I I don't I, you don't really none of us. I don't think anybody knew what to expect coming in. It was just, it, and we get we all get there, and it was like you see these big old tires, and you don't know how <laughs> the bike's going to react, and you just uh you just basically close your eyes and go for it, for it. <laughs> yeah so what what a what an awesome event that he put together only he could pull off something like that especially with the circumstances that were dealt there and he kind of told us that story that uh that you hit him up and he's like oh you know this is you know you're a tt guy kind of thing and uh i said the same thing I, I told him i'm like man uh brad can do anything so so talk about this part of that this whole story then that we haven't touched on talk about having uh, a quad to even ride 
because, you know, as we discussed on that episode, the story goes that your machine was spared because the tether cord wasn't in. Is that right? And then because therefore, like you, you still had a quad to ride that one. Your quad was left behind while Joel Hetrick and Grayson Eller's quads were stolen. So talk about that bullet dodged. Oh, my God. It was uh, whenever I first seen that somebody sent me, um, I guess it was a screenshot and it was like, your bike gets stolen. And I'm like, I just kind of like. <laughs> I was like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> I was like, I hope not. I was like, I'll call, find out here in a minute. Uh, I, I got off the phone and I, I called David and he was like, yours is fine. It's sitting here. Uh, you're, you're on a Honda. Nobody wants that thing. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> um, no, he, he was like, oh, it's, it's, they pushed yours out of the way, moved it out of the way. And I guess they couldn't get it cranked and um, they moved on to the next two. So luckily, I mean, unluckily for them but i yeah. mean it worked out on my part that i hate it for it, anybody in the involved but they right. pushed mine to the side and got to the next one and um afterwards i was whenever i got there i was like it'd be nice to have my yamaha but and then i started thinking i was like well if i had my yamaha on the trailer it'd be gone now it'd be gone yeah exactly <laughs> yeah, so sure. i saw like you i saw those same pictures just as everybody else did and i at first I, I truly thought it seemed like some kind of inside job or something, not to start any conspiracy theories here, but seeing the Honda just sit there while the Yamahas were gone, I'm like, okay, they knew what they were taking. Well, then I, I hear, I think Casey's the one that told us that you didn't have the tether in or somebody didn't have the tether in on that quad. And that's why it didn't start. And I mean, like, like you said, what a blessing, um, because, you know, riding the Honda at that event, instead of the Yamaha, I would much rather have the Honda to ride than no quad at all. Yeah, it it was definitely it was definitely a bad situation, and I hate hate it happen. I would have sacrificed mine for for yeah for Joel's, right. but uh, because right. they don't even know what they got there. His bike's uh worth a lot more than mine, and <laughs> sentimental and and value valuable. But um, it it really sucks all around, and I hate that it happened. It's it's uh hard to believe what they did to get it, but it's people will do what they what they can to steal stuff once they I, I know dude i couldn't believe it from you know the truck getting ripped out of the way to you know to like i said leaving your quad there taking those things it's just hard to even fathom that 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 happens so um obviously an obvious shame there we'll get right back to the show but now a word from our sponsors and thank you for listening to these ads without these great companies none of this would be possible show your support for the people who support us We used to speak of a CST takeover, but now 2022 is the year of CST supremacy. CST's Pulse MXR tires are the choice of Joel Hetrick, Jeffrey Rastrelli, and Nick Janusa, meaning CST tire riders are in contention for pro-class wins and a possible podium sweep every time they hit the racetrack. CST tires are also the official tire choice of the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast, but you already knew that. I, your host Cody Jansen, helped pioneer the CST takeover with Pulse MXR fronts and white label soft compound rears on my way to back-to-back national championships and a pro sport podium to cap off the 2021 season. The Pulse MXR tire, available in soft and standard compounds, offer the highest level of traction, most predictable cornering, and superior wear characteristics when compared to the competition. Did I mention they offer contingency payouts as well? Visit shop.csttires to join the CSD takeover today or prepare to be beat by someone who did. Joel Hattrick, Jeffrey Rastrelli, Nick Janusa, myself, and so many more believe and trust in CSD tires. Do you? You already know we're Team Blue Crew now more than ever here at the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast. 
And whether it's eight time and reigning ATVMX Pro Class National Champion Chad Weenan, who with his next championship will become the winningest champion in ATV motocross history, or seven time and current XC1 Pro ATV GNCC National Champion Walker Fowler, who is now tied for second all time in titles won, it's clear the podium proven Yamaha YFZ450R is the winning choice of sport ATVs. This continued and unprecedented success for the Yamaha YFZ450R, its unrivaled quality and performance, and the undisputable fact that Yamaha is the leading OEM supporter of ATV racing has resulted in an ever-growing Yamaha takeover within the sport quad market. Best yet, Yamaha's Blue Crew Racer Support Program is back and stronger than ever here in 2022, meaning Yamaha riders will once again cash in on payouts and prize opportunities, including a chance to win a brand new YFZ450R. For more info, head over to YamahaBlueCrew.com, follow them at Yamaha Outdoors on social media, and check out Yamaha's full proven off-road lineup at YamahaOutdoors.com today. SSI decals is a name synonymous with ATV racing, synonymous with big time success, and absolutely synonymous with the best looking decals around. An offshoot of their parent company that was established in 1947, SSI first took shape from owner Ian Harris's passion for ATVs. With what started as just making numbers and decals for riders like Chad Weenan, the company quickly took off. And today, you couldn't imagine ATV motocross without SSI decals. The graphics maker and designer now supports all the top teams in ATV motocross, as well as teams and riders racing GNCC, Work Series, Pro Motocross and Supercross, Canadian Pro Motocross, Short Course Off-Road Trucks, UTVs, Snowcross, and, oh yeah, six-time world champion top fuel drag racer Clay Milliken. No project is too big or too small for SSI decals, making your identity stick with championship-level graphics. Head over to SSIDecals.com today and then maybe call the doctor because things are about to get sick. The Digging Deep ATVMX podcast is brought to you in part by DID and their wide range of championship-winning chains. From the street to the track and everywhere in between, DID chains are designed to give you the optimal riding experience with great performance and increased chain life. Consistent to the core, pick up your box of reliability today. DID, what drives you? We are proud to be partnered with Numira Technologies. Since 2001, Numira has led the charge in the ATV and side-by-side market, covering more applications than anyone else in the industry. Numira's advanced piston technology uses a NASA-exclusive aluminum alloy that helps to reduce expansion rates, allows for tighter tolerances, and leads to higher overall engine performance for your machine. For more information about Numira's wide offerings of pistons, rings, gaskets, industry-leading top-end repair kits, and recently added connecting rods, visit your local dealer or online at www.numira.com. Namira Technologies, your one-stop shop, engine, component, supplier. We are pleased to be partnered with Bronco ATV and UTV Components. Bronco has been an industry leader in replacement hard parts and accessories for all makes and models for over 15 years. With a catalog that includes a full line of electrical components, engine internals and cylinders, shock and suspension parts, winches, clutch kits, valves, carb kits, bearing kits, and drive chain parts, Bronco is your hard part source for whatever you need for whatever you ride. Available exclusively through distributors around the world, visit your local dealer or online at broncoatv.com. Forworks Carbon's innovative lightweight products include top-notch seat covers, carbon fiber, and plastic hoods, gas tank covers, exhaust shields, shock guards, and much more. Whether you have an ATV, UTV, or snowmobile, Forworks has the goodies that will improve your ride and make you salivate. We trust Forworks for increased function and a sexier look, and you should too. Forworks Carbon, always working hard to bring high quality and innovative parts to the market. Check them out today at fwcarbon.com.
So Brad, let's start to tell your story. We got into some of that more recent stuff already, but um, let's get into your story. So why don't we take it back to the very beginning? How did you first get into to riding and eventually racing? Tell me about that. I think I was uh, 14 years old whenever I first got a four-wheeler. I got, my buddies all got four-wheelers for Christmas and my, I've, I've hounded my dad for, uh, I was wanting a four-wheeler and the hot thing then, we I was small and the hot thing then was the the yamaha blaster oh the blaster we all had a blaster everybody had to and and i feel like once i got mine there was another buddy that had mine we had a a good little blaster gang there that there was about six or eight of us all had blasters none of us had brakes and stuff you know (laughs) they 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 first come out with the drum brakes and the the terrible terrible so bad so (laughs) some of the guys they they updated updated and put like hydraulic stuff and stuff i just mm-hmm. we i just geared down and let it fly you know <laughs> drop two gears and pull in the clutch and dump it going through the woods and then i think it was a year and a half or two we rode and we rode through the woods with all their buddies and we um i think it was a year we uh we rode around and i could have been 13 when i got that thing i really don't remember okay um but um we went down to black ankle was where one of our national tracks are now. And I went down there and watched it and I was like, man, this is cool. I'd like to try that. And they had a blaster class and I think it was so big then that they had a blaster a and a blaster B. Yeah. So just to split everybody up. And, um, so it, I was like, I, I want to do that. I want to get me some, I just want to go out there. We went up, we ended up we so we planned it a week ahead of time or so. And we went down there, me and a buddy of mine that a good friend of mine at the time, he um we went down there and we raced and my buddy ended up uh this is my very first race ever. He ended up a guy come across the track, they hit him in we raced together and hit each other head on. He broke like twenty some bones in his face, like oh my god. Very first race ever and and everybody's like he about died and he was lucky to live and he was really lucky and everybody was like, Oh, you don't need to be doing that. And, but I was already hooked from there and it's really sucked that that happened. And that was my first race. And, and, uh, we, we, uh, ended up getting some wheels and tires later, lowering kit, had a homemade lowering kit, of course, couldn't afford, we was racing against, we ended up getting out there and racing against the blaster a class and okay, them guys had all, decked out stuff hydraulic brakes and i mm-hmm. still barely had brakes yeah <laughs> so so what year would that have been brad that had to be early say, early 2000s i would say uh, 2000 maybe yeah that's about what i Does was thinking. right i knew it had to be early 2000s because i i remember myself racing the blaster class at the ama series um probably Oh, four, oh, five. I remember going to Paducah. I remember going to Orville, Ohio, some of those races. And even then, man, those blaster classes were so big. There was multiple qualifiers. Like I I was like a decent rider or whatever, but I was like struggling to make it into the main at times, you know? So, um, those classes were crazy back then. And, uh, just so much fun. Like you, you think back to that era and, you know, being a kid or whatever, and it just feels like the, the biggest, the biggest thing ever and all this pressure and whatever. And then you think back on it now and it's like, man, if I could just go back and live those, you know, those raw fun emotions all over again, man, it, it doesn't get any better than that yeah it was it was a really cool time i think we hit we 
we the school I went to there was about I think there was there was about I think at one time there was five or six of us that all went to school together and we all went and raced on That's the weekends awesome. together. So we talked crap all week and uh. and just kind of <laughs> joked around and messed just everybody talked a little junk all week and then come to race weekend we go out there and we have a good time and we go home and talk crap again. So it was it was a really good time. But after after the blaster, this guy um I started racing a uh Banshee. Yamaha okay. Banshee okay. uh set up for TT and and that thing was it was wicked fast and it it was it was a lot of fun and, that, and then I stepped up to um the uh pro pro am class and yet I think I was fifteen. Okay. And um then I wasn't supposed to be out there, but right yeah <laughs> it's funny how many how many of these stories we've told on on this show here where you know guys are like man i wasn't quite old enough but i could tell that i could i can say it now um but yeah. before you before you go any, any farther brad so tt was the interest from the very beginning though from day one tt was the thing that's the only thing i've ever ever seen at that point and i, I didn't it. know anything about the motocross i think it, it was um I think it was several years after that, that I even seen any motocross. Okay. And, um, I really liked the motocross. I think it was 2000, maybe 2010 or 12, somewhere in that area is the first time I ever rode motocross on a okay. four-wheeler. Okay. Well, we'll, no. we'll get into, we'll get into that, but, uh, I did want to ask you, um, like I said, I had on my sheet here, you know, how, how it starts with TT. Cause that's, you know, um, everybody's got, you know, the story of where they started and how they just found themselves in whatever discipline that they're in. And I didn't know for you if it started with TT, uh, or, or vice versa. So it starts with TT from day one. And so you're, you know, you haven't even been racing TT that much before you're in the, the pro and pro-am classes, uh, to, to pick up where your story left off. Yeah, it was about a year, year or so before that guy let me ride his, uh, Banshee and we ended up getting it from him. And, um, it was, like I said, we did, we did pretty good with it. And, um, okay. And I just, I don't know. I was hooked on the, I liked the TT a lot. And it really, at that point, like I said, I didn't know no, nothing, no different than anything else. So we was just getting out there racing and the competing and, and that bar to bar, tire to tire action was really good. And, and TT, we we can run a little closer and tighter than, like the uh motocross you, you got to kind of give each other a little bit more more room on the motocross you can't run as close but it's this fun close tight racing and I, I really really enjoyed it and i was hooked on it oh there's, there's such an art to, to flat track and tt it's like a dance kind of thing and uh oh, even yeah. uh even you know over prepping for this but over the course of the last year or two or three or whatever man i i'd love watching the videos of you guys there's helmet cams of of uh you guys out there guys racing around you and just watching some of the tracks that you guys race on are badass and then just watching the the, the quality and the level of the of the the classes and the racers and the riders that that you and and uh and, and the rest that you you guys the pros there are racing against man it's it's so much fun to watch I, I love i i will i will always have love for tt um but on the moto side brad so you first show up at the national scene in 2009 so you first show up in 2009 at birch creek uh where you finish second and 16 to 24 you finish second to matt porter and you finish seventh in production a so how did you get into 
into motocross. So we might have not had the dates exactly right, but how did you first get into motocross? Because you show up at the national scene in 2009, and shoot, you're already you're already racing. You know some of the fastest amateur classes out there. So so tell me about that and what you remember uh, about that time period. I really don't remember that coming there that year. Okay, okay. <laughs> I've done a lot of racing over the years. It's, of course, it's been yeah. So many. I actually, whenever we we spoke, I had to go back on my Facebook and scroll for for a long time. My <laughs> finger was getting tired because I I just had to like put some dates to stuff and and uh, I it. was just like I was looking at old pictures and stuff and was like, dang, that's pretty cool that it's still there. <laughs> like I I didn't even remember half this stuff. Yeah. You just get they run together all these races run together and it's hard mm -hmm. to keep up with it but so even overall brad even overall though like at what point so you see you must see motocross for the first time and then did you make a conscious you know decision to be like hey like that looks like fun or i might be pretty good at that so you know you obviously good you were a good tt racer already you were a good tt racer from day one it sounds like um but what was your first experiences or dabbling in motocross like do you remember that yeah, I was, I went to a local track, NCMP, um, they yeah. had a race there and a buddy of mine, he had a bone stock Suzuki Okay, and he was in, and um, that's the only thing I, I rode it and it was bone stock and all these guys had this, their stuff set up, which is Suzuki is not a bad bike bone oh. stock. And then, um, I went out there and I signed up for the A class or double A class or whatever. And I went out there and actually won it and out there just, I don't know, it was, it was pretty fun i like i had a blast on it and i was like man this is cool and and then um me and uh chucky we, we raced a long time together in the tt we uh chucky creech for the listeners we started kind of just we kind of dabbled dabbled in some motocross here and there together and kind of just started hitting some up just to play around with it and okay i guess uh i guess i showed up the birch creek one <laughs> i really don't <laughs> yeah. remember that year i remember coming like 2000 uh 12 or yeah yep. 11 or something i remember coming in well, running, running pro-am for the first time but you're exactly right so we wouldn't really see you so other than that outlier birch creek 2009 thing where you got second in 16 to 24 and 16 to 24 has always been fast it was really fast uh during that kind of period of time there um but we wouldn't see you again back at the atv motocross nationals until 2012 like you said uh, like you said when you flashed in a major way by then so three years later you flashed in a major way with a uh, moto one win in pro-am unlimited at buds creek as well as a, a third in Moto One at Muddy Creek, and and fun fact, I said that you and I go back a long time with our some of our racing stuff. Uh, you and I raced each other. I won that that heat that day in Pro Am Unlimited, um, and and you got third in that one at Muddy Creek in 2012. So yes, you kind of uh, didn't show up in a real way until 2012 after 2009 there. Um, but you're already making waves, winning motos in that super stacked Pro-Am Unlimited class. So uh, then you're full swing motocross guy by then, Brett. Oh, I was hooked. Uh, it was a lot of fun. We, we was, we was racing some local stuff then. And I don't, I'm sure you remember, uh, uh, was going to NCMP and some other mm -hmm. places. I, I'm sure you remember Cole Henry. I do. Yeah. Super good rider. Yeah. And, and we, we was running, we started, we kind of met him and his family and, um, they, they was, he was pretty fast and I started out and I was, I was several seconds behind him. The next race we went to, I was, I closed that gap. The next race we went to local, I, I started beating them some. And then they was like, Oh, well he's, he's 
uh, racing pro-am class and winning motos and stuff. And I was like, shoot, I, maybe I should go try that. Like, yeah. I don't know. I, I ain't never – I thought <laughs> – I was like, it's been a while. I hadn't really tried it much other than the locals. And I guess that Birch Creek time, but, um, I was like, well, I'll, I'll go to, I think we went to a local race at Muddy Creek a few weeks before that national. Okay. And we come out there and I ended up, uh, in that pro-am, I think there was two different motos that it was, there was a lot of people. It was stacked. It was, I it was two that, heats. Yeah. It was two heats. Yeah. It was two yep. different heats and two full gates. And, um, I remember, I think I don't remember if you was in mine that time. I think you yeah. went out there yep. with, was yep. you with Cody. Yeah. Uh, no, no, Mason. you and I, you and I were in the same one. And the only reason why I remember that is because I looked it up when I was prepping for this. So Cody really? was in the first one. You and yeah. I were in the second one. I can't remember who got second. So I won. Tyler Hamrick was second, but his tire fell off. And so I, I don't think know. it was maybe know. Sean Taylor or something. I'm Could not be. sure. Could be. But I, I knew I, I went out there and I ended up yanking the whole shot in mine okay or in ours yeah and and cody had a mechanical issue in his in his heat race okay so he, oh this is buds this is buds right that's great yeah yes yes yeah. no so, yeah so i broke too cody and i broke so i have nothing to do with this one uh oh, okay. but at buds you you i think i thought you that was your first one you like jump onto the scene you won that one so go ahead and tell your story sorry yeah needed, needed I, to I clear that up i was shot. i was talking birch or no, I was talking Muddy Creek. You were talking Bud's Creek. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. I, I ended up pulling the whole shot and I got out there uh, and I was, uh, and I ended up just, there was a couple, like there was this one little step up jump that I don't think nobody, not many people was jumping it and clearing it. Okay. And I was, I was getting it pretty good. And, and I ended up winning by a pretty good little amount, like maybe like eight, 10 seconds or something. It was a pretty good little mm-hmm. amount and, and everybody was, like who the hell's this guy like this tt guy ain't supposed to be doing this and it was kind of cool like coming in there and, and going into the second moto and and i was like man i cody gibson i don't have to beat him and it was mm-hmm. i was like i just gotta you know what i mean we'll see what we can do finish top three and i can maybe win overall yeah i come out of the gate sean taylor was in front of me and then cody gibson pulled the whole shot i come out third and we come up to that step up that I was hitting earlier that uh day that nobody was clearing and it got whooped out right before it. And uh, I ended up coming short and I was so green behind the ears at that time. Didn't know much about motocross that whenever <laughs> you come up short on a jump, you're supposed to land on the freaking rev limiter and it'll pop it back out in front of you. Well, I landed off the gas cause I didn't know no better. <laughs> Little did I know cause I hadn't rode that much, but it, it's, <laughs> it just, it, threw me over the handlebars and I'm laying up or luckily the sand was soft there and it was yeah. in that bottom section. And I was like, you dummy, you just threw it away. Like yeah. <laughs> all you had to do is finish where you was and you would have had the overall. And it, right. it, I don't know. I, you get in, you get caught up in the moment and you're like, I want to see if I can run with Gibson. Let's see mm-hmm. if we can uh, hang with him and, and try to beat him. And, and right. I ended up blowing it right off the rip. And I was kind of <laughs> mad at myself. I don't think I come, come to a race for a little bit longer or for a couple rounds or so. Okay. I just come to the ones that was within a few hours by mm-hmm. the house. Yeah. Yeah. I remember, I remember that. I remember, you know, I knew your name or whatever from the TT stuff and, and, and all that, but uh, yeah, you definitely burst on the scene that day. And do you remember how freaking rough that track was? Like I, I remember, and I don't know if you remember it the same way I do, but I remember like that place just being a death trap. 
I loved it. I, I mean, I do remember it being like that, and I just loved the elevation changes and yeah. off cameras, and and I was uh, I I really liked that that track and that style of track, and um, I was I liked it pretty good. And at the time, I don't think I was riding four wheelers much, but we was tearing up some pit bikes, and I was in pretty decent shape. Okay. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> I, the roughness didn't bother me that much, and I just needed a little bit of a little bit. I run out of talent. <laughs> oh my gosh no it, it 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 is fun to to listen to you say i was literally so green i didn't need to uh i didn't know i needed to land on the gas even though you're out there winning you know pro-am qualifiers that's amazing um but uh but yeah what a, what a memory and it's funny for you to touch on the elevation change because you know like where i'm at in wisconsin like we don't have much elevation change and i remember going out there too and just like you said the way you're cresting hills you know bunch creek is set up really cool where you know you basically are like going up the side of one hill and down the hill the natural hill on the other side of these big jumps and um and i remember being like sketched out a little bit on how big you know on how big some of the elevation really was so it's cool that the i'm glad to touch on that because the series is going back there this year and we know that they're having the double header uh right with the with the uh, tt national there that weekend as well right so uh that's gonna be really I'm cool sure if it's a double header for us but i think we get the race there with you guys well like that, that i guess that's what i meant yeah. that's what i meant yeah yeah in conjunction um, i should have said yeah yeah so i that's what um i'm gonna I'm maybe try to if if we don't get rain or anything like that, I'm going to try, maybe try to run Pro-Am. I don't know if they still do Pro-Am on Sundays or not, but yeah, yep, Pro-Am Sunday. It's just Sunday. I can't mm -hmm. do it on Saturday cuz it'll be it'll be too Saturdays are already hectic enough right. whenever yeah. we're racing TT, especially yeah. running three classes, but Maybe yeah. I can uh, jump in something on Sunday if they have something. Yeah, yeah. Pro Am is Sunday, so so that would be perfect. But I uh, did need to get your opinion on that because I think that that's the coolest thing that they're going to do that event in conjunction. What a cool thing for ATV motocross and TT and in, in in general, cool for both sides, right? And um, it's going to be the the place to be for anything ATV racing related that weekend this summer. That's going to be freaking awesome at Bud's Creek. Definitely, definitely going to be a cool event, and it's, it'll be cool getting the race in front of some of them guys. Like, yeah, they don't. They, a lot of them guys don't watch TT or get to see see it much, so it'll be cool to be able to race in front of them guys and let them see kind of what what our stuff's about, and hopefully mm -hmm. they like it. Maybe maybe they might want to uh, come try it out. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, I think a lot of guys, uh, a couple, a couple years ago, right at the 50th at Astabula. Um, I think a lot of guys came out and saw that and, and I think we're super impressed then too. So, um, so yeah, that was awesome. As the number one podcast in ATV racing, it's only right that we partner with the industry leaders in suspension tuning. Insert Impact Solutions. Impact Solutions is a full-service ATV and side-by-side -side suspension center specializing in the revalving and service of your motocross and off-road suspension. With over 25 years of elite-level knowledge, experience, and testing with riders of all ages and ability levels, Jay Goble and the Impact crew strive to exceed the client's expectations for service and setup. Impact Solutions is the official Elka Suspension Service Center of the United States, offering unmatched product knowledge and experience. Whether you're in need of service, parts, warranty, sales, or technical support, Impact Solutions has you covered. Head over to ImpactSolutionsATV.com or give them a call today. We interrupt this program for a special news bulletin. The following message is brought to you by Manscaped.com. The Manscaped engineering team has outdone themselves this time, creating the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, now available for purchase in the U.S. and Canada. 
Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped, an official sponsor of the Digging Deep ATV MX podcast, with this exclusive offer of 20% off and free worldwide shipping with code DIGGINGDEEP20 at manscaped.com. I'm one of the first people to try the new 4.0 and I am blown away. This thing is next level. What sets this trimmer apart from all the rest? The Lawnmower 4.0 gives you the ability to turn the LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. It features a new multi-functioning on-off switch with travel lock for those of us who like to travel. And my favorite, the new trimmer allows you to customize your trim with four different guard lengths and upgrade from its predecessor that only featured two. If you're listening, you know that good tools are a must, so wait no more to get the best tools for the job. Get 20% off and free shipping with code DIGGINGDEEP20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com by using code DIGGINGDEEP20. Hey everyone, this is Larry Mills, president of DP Breaks North America and proud partner of the Digging Deep ATV MX podcast. We at DP Breaks are a longtime supporter of ATV racing and the world leader in centered brake technology, dominating the ATV world for decades by supporting the best four-wheeled racers on the planet. This year's lineup includes Jeff Restrelli, Mark Baldwin and Baldwin Motorsports, Ford Brothers Racing, Nick Janusa, and many more, including Mr. Digging Deep himself, Cody Jansen, plus all the top 17 GNCC pros such as seven-time champion Walker Fowler, Bryson Neal, Hunter Hart, Cole Richardson, Jared McClure, Adam McGill, and previous champion Chris Borch. These top riders continue to appreciate the high performance and impressive durability that their DP brakes have to offer. Products ultimately help place them on top of the podium week after week. DP brakes are available through www.dp-brakes.com or you can purchase them through your local parts and limited stocking dealer, or you can even message us, myself, Larry Mills, or DP Brakes on Instagram or Facebook. And if you have any questions about product or sponsorship support, please ask us. We are waiting for you. Join the best ATV riders in the world equipped with DP Brakes, and have a great year, everyone. Nearing two decades into the brand's existence, Factory 43 is back and better than ever, continuing to make major waves in the ATV world. For the third consecutive season, Factory 43 is the official aluminum parts choice of the Phoenix Racing ATV team, providing their state-of-the-art Evo Nerf bars, MX-style front bumpers, and grab bars for two-time champ Joel Hetrick. If you're in the market to upgrade your Nerf bars, bumpers, or grab bars, head over to factory43atv.com to see their full line of industry-leading products available for all makes and models. Head over to factory43atv.com today. Success in the ATV MX world is similar to what creates financial success as well. The right people, the right advice, and more importantly, hard work and the benefit of an ongoing relationship as situations change and adversity is experienced. Do you have the right financial advisor to help you reach your goals? Haymower Financial Group can create a personalized, goal-based plan to help your family prepare for whatever life brings. Call me, Scott Haymower, at Haymower Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, at 920-338-8150. That's 920-338-8150. Offices located in beautiful De Pere, Wisconsin, with registrations and clients nationwide. So 2013 was big for you, Brad. You went pro in the motocross side of things at that point in 2013. And you also won two Pro-Am overalls that year as well. So the, the previous year, you won some motos in Pro-Am. Now you're putting yeah. it together for, for overalls in 2013. You won at Balances and Birch Creek. And uh, that had to be had to be memorable for you, obviously winning races on the motocross side, being that you were pretty new to it. But also, I mean, those classes were freaking stacked as well. 
Yeah, I remember it was it was I think the first one I won was uh balance, right? Yeah, that, I think so. Yep. It was the last time they had the balance race. We we come out there and and I remember getting in pro class and that day and we went out there for first qualifying and my bike wouldn't run or or it would run, but it was cutting out. So I didn't never get the I had to go back and fix my bike. And of course, it's just me and my wife. We're we're the only ones going to the race. It ain't like we got a team to go, hey, fix this. We're going back and I'm trying to figure it out. And, and we ended up figuring it out with right before the second qualifier. It started dumped rain, poured down rain. And yeah. and a few a couple people went out there to in the rain to try it out, I guess, to get ready for the rain because it was gonna be a mud moto. Yeah. And um I never got a, a fast lap in. And I think it, at that time, I think that weekend we had 24, 23 something entries and I didn't even qualify for the pro class. And I was so pissed. I was, I, I, especially when the race gets going and I'm, I'm watching some of the guys and, and I'm like, man, I should, I knew where I should be. I, I feel like I should be inside top 10 and, and, and I'm sitting here on the sidelines watching it. And I was just so pissed off and, you go all that way and you, you don't even qualify and it was, it was not it was out of my control but or maybe yeah. it wasn't it needed to sharpen up my mechanical skills there but uh <laughs> <laughs> but uh so I was I was really aggravated I didn't sleep much that night and come out the next morning and uh think for the for the pro-am you know, I was of course I got more rest than the other guys the day before. Right. <laughs> uh, you were fresh. So we go out there and it was still muddy. It was muddy as crap, but I think it stopped raining. And um a few of us, I me being one of them, we uh made a mistake by putting big tires on. And I I did decent on the whole shot and come out. I think I finished like fifth that moto, the first moto. Okay. And I was really the bike was terrible. It it was way out of what it needed to be and we ended up going to small tires for the second moto and and um i think i got like a 12th or so play like mid back of the pack kind of start and i i don't remember where you was at there or who all was in front of me but I, all the heavy hitters all the y'all fast guys were up in front of me and um i just remember like start picking my way through and i'm like what the heck's going on i'm like <laughs> i just made my way up through there and it was so i don't know it was just awesome being able to to pick my way up through there and it finally and and then i get over there i won the moto and i got tired at the end and i remember duck at the last lap he was pushing me and i was just all i could do i was i was palming the throttle just trying to get through <laughs> it because i was so out just so uh tired at that point and um, yeah we, we ended up winning the moto and then we come to the podium. I was like, maybe I got third. I didn't have a clue what I got. And I guess just the way everything, uh, I think Kyle fix, he, he went one, he won the first moto and got fifth that moto. And then duck got, I don't know. He got uh, a four and a two or something. Maybe I can't remember exactly, but okay. I ended up, they was like, you won. And I was like, what? How? <laughs> <laughs> but it was, it was a really cool, this, coming from sitting on the sideline on Saturday to winning the, the program race on Sunday. And it was, it was pretty cool. Yeah. That's awesome. And, uh, touching on how, you know, how stacked those, that class was too. I know I referenced that before, but I'll give you a couple names here. So Musig, Higerson, Sean Taylor, uh, Janusa, Hamrick, Sellers, Duck Lloyd, who you mentioned, you, I, 
uh, Kyle Fix, Moser, Rastrelli, Detling, and more. Like, what a year that was. And then for you to to go out there, you know, you're dabbling in the pro class a little bit, like you said. You're uh, winning a couple, you know, races in Pro-Am. And that was a really cool era because I, I don't have the number in front of me, but there was like four or five or six you know, overall winners that year in those classes. And that made that really fun. You know, like you truly didn't know who was going to win or who was going to be on the podium. And uh, man, what a, what a, what what a fun time that was. Yeah, it really was. It was, it was really cool. It was, it was, it was like Supercross is right now. You don't know who's going to win and who's going to be on the podium. It was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. What a, what a cool era. Um, so, so that's 2013. So what is the, what is the TT uh, you know, kind of what is your TT focus, you know, like at that point, are you fully in the TT thing and you're doing moto on the side? Cause then after that, it looks like you really start to the, like the focus really shifted the TT after 2013. So what was that like leading up to that point? I, think, I can't remember exactly. I think 13 was whenever it was whenever the, the AMA was still going on and I was trying to run motocross and TT and the TT guys would not work with the, um, got it motocross schedule. And, um, we kind of butted heads a little bit on that. Cause I was like, all these guys, you got Harold that used to race both. And yeah, I mean, you, and you had some other motocross guys that wanted to race TT and we, we kind of butted heads on that. And I'm my, may or may, may or may not have made a couple of them mad, the promoters <laughs> there at the, but, um, but we that was whenever I had to make a decision that year. And I think we we um ended up just going to some motocross races and just racing the TT races. Got it. And then that 14 year was the same thing. They wouldn't do anything with the schedule, so we just focused on TT. I don't even know if I went to any any motocross on in 14 or not. I, I can't really remember. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, you did. So on the moto side in, in 2014, you were an uh, impressive seventh in uh in pro and fourth in pro-am at muddy creek in 2014 i think you raced maybe just a race or two at the beginning of that season at the very beginning um and then you know that was the last we'd see of you for a while so i didn't know at first i'm like man did he get hurt and then i'm like oh no Uh, i could tell by kind of looking at you know how you did on the tt side that that's when you know you kind of went fully tt starting starting there but to walk away from the moto stuff like i said with your best finish in the pro class seventh and the moto side and fourth and pro-am to have that be kind of you know where it ended man like you know it could have been a really good season moto side too and you just decided to go yeah. to go tt racing yeah i think i was doing decent in in the points at for yeah. a little bit in the, oh, yeah. in the motocross and I just, uh, and then I quit coming to the races. I don't know if I was, I think I was second or something first yeah. couple rounds or whatever. Sounds about right. Yeah. And, 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 um, still had a chance at winning the championship, but then we had to decide to go to that. And I, th- I really, I did get hurt one of them years. I can't remember if it was 13 at the end of 13. Cause I think we went out to, um, was it sunset Ridge? And a guy cross jumped me in the pro-am class and, and I ended up, uh, I had two compression fractures in my back. So, and then that next year, it may have been the end of 13. Cause that next year, I think I just raced. Um, I remember going into to the TT still kind of questionable it. if I should ride or not. So got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah. I thought, I thought I remembered you getting hurt there 
um, yeah. in, in one of those years. So yeah. Then after that, Brad, you know, like, you know, 2014 kind of on seemed like, you know, TT was front and center. And was that like, obviously it was, you know, that was your bread and butter. Um, so it was probably, you know, I was going to ask you if it was easy to focus on TT over everything else at that point, but did like TT become a little easier being that, you know, that was the one thing you were focusing on, whether it was your budget or your machines or whatever, I'm assuming, you know, focusing on one discipline had to make, you know, your job as a, you know, a, a racer and a team manager basically is what you're doing when it's your own program had to make that at least a little bit easier. I would think. Yeah, it made it easier. We, um, it was just a lot. It was a lot to do motocross. It, mm -hmm. it and I didn't like the fact of, um, I think that's that. Yes. After I, went and played in motocross, the, the pro class, I seen, I could win. I think I won a couple overalls and in the, um, pro am and in the pro class was just a different level. Yeah. It was different. I felt like I had the ability to do it, but me, I could, I couldn't focus on with what I had going on working and, and I didn't have a family that's involved in the industry. I didn't have a rich dad or nothing like mm -hmm. that. It was just kind of, yeah. do what you can to to go out there and do it. And I, I just couldn't afford to train like I, I needed to. And I didn't like getting, mm -hmm. I didn't like finishing seventh whenever I felt like I could finish third. Right. Well, and <laughs> that's, and that's where I was at. And, and it, this, it kind of just, I guess it was bad for me to go to pro because I wasn't able to um, dedicate myself to what, what I needed to do to run that speed and at that level. Mm -hmm. So I, I just got burnt out on it and, or not really burnt out. I just knew that I couldn't do it without training and I didn't, I didn't, couldn't do it. So yeah, I mean, I it's a cool thing. On TT. It's a cool thing to have done. I'm, I'm assuming, right? Like if yeah. you want to, if you want to have ever went out there and kind of saw how you stacked up or whatever, you know, I, I feel like that would have been a box you wished you would have checked at the same time. I, I know exactly what you're saying, you know, like without doing more, you know, to finish sixth or seventh or whatever it is. Cause that's, you know, where my best finish is too in the pro class, yeah. unless like, it's just, I don't know how to say it, but like, that's as high as you're going to get, unless it's an yeah. all day, everyday job, which is just a, you know, that's a very tough thing to do. So, um, so I I've told people on this show and off this show that that's a really tough pill to swallow when, you know, sixth or seventh or eighth or whatever, you know, like to you guys and to your team or whatever, like, you know, that that's basically like winning the pro class yet the outside world doesn't even see it. It's like, it never even happened. It doesn't matter. Nobody's focused on it. Nobody knows it happened. That's a really, really tough place to be in. So, um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it, yeah. Yep. And, and honestly, it's something I like to touch on because now when you see some of those guys who, you know, maybe a lot of times they're, you know, ninth or 10th and they finish sixth or seventh, I really try to shout them out because like, that's a, that's a big feat. You know, you're going against it, guys that wake up in the morning. That's their only focus is racing ATVs. And that's tough. It really is. And it, and it finishing top 10 is really an accomplishment. It, it, them guys are hauling ass and yeah. they're, they're making it happen and they're, they're, really got a lot of talent I ain't taking nothing away from them and and because yeah. I mean I was right there and um in that mix too but then to run that that whole nother level is it just takes that extra effort and I wasn't able to give it so yeah it's gnarly I, I, I just kind of back bowed down and and uh focused on uh making making a living and 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 racing still being able to do what I 
love to do on the Heck yeah. with the TT world. So Heck yeah, man, I would have done the exact same thing. I've often thought, and I've, I know I've said this to people that I feel like if I would have been from a, a different, maybe area of the country or whatever, where I could have done what you, you did. Uh, like, I, I don't know if I, you know, maybe I go TT racing as I get a little older, you know, it's just yeah. not something that necessarily was something we could do here necessarily. So, yeah. um, so yeah, but, but man, like then, you know, so, so getting back to your story, that's when you really went on a run when you kind of dedicated yourself fully to TT there. Uh, you know, you raced a few motocross nationals in 16, uh, one in 17, but that's while you were piling up, you know, a number of pro any EDT championships in 2018 pro championships in 2018 and 16, I think pro am titles in 16, 17, 18, I think. So, uh, you know, better than me, but that was a stretch there where you really seemed to cement yourself as, you know, the guy to beat in, uh, in ATV TT racing here in the U S and, uh, man, that's gotta be a, a pretty fun stretch to think back on because man, like every weekend it was when the race reports came out, it was Brad Riley every single weekend. It was weird if, you know, for some reason, reason there was a stray one where maybe you didn't win it was weird so uh what what a run that was for you yeah it's it's been a it's been a uh, we've we've had a lot of fun we i couldn't tell you how many races i'd love to know how many races (laughs) i've i've entered over the the years and how many wins and and all that good stuff but uh we we went pretty hard for for a long time and that's what everybody keeps saying my buddies and stuff that come they'll come to the ones that are close by they're like how much longer are you going to run with them guys? I was like, ah, I don't really know. I mean, I'm still, still uh, running the speed and I'm not always the fastest guy, but I'm, I'm still, uh, so half the time I'm still the fastest guy and I'm going out there and, and, and making it happen, make still getting wins and stuff. I was like, why oh, would I stop? Fun. Why would I, was I like, stop? I'm still, still making a little money doing it and it's paying for itself. So why not? Yeah. I love, I love that. You know, that's what it's all about. Like you said before, to do what you love to do, to still have the ability, you know, at 36 yeah. or 37 or wherever you said you are, you know, to still yeah, have I'm the ability now. Yeah. To have the ability to do what you love to do. That doesn't get any better than that. Be 37 this race season come awesome. March. Yeah. That's awesome, yeah. man. Um, so that kind of gets us to, to 2019. So that's the next thing I want to touch on, Brad. Uh, I've been chomping at the bit to ask you this question about this Daytona situation. Um, because this is the, this, I think 2019 was the first year of the Daytona being a pro only event. You show up to, to race the ATV supercross at Daytona international speedway. And then things, uh, you know, didn't go according to plan from there. So tell me, tell me what happened there, because, you know, there's the story of, you know, people thinking you're like jumping from one single to the next single, some big, massive jump or something. So other people say that your throttle stuck. So tell me this story. Tell me about that. No, I was coming around there and I, I got some sketchy jumps at the house. It's kind of like that. And, and, um, I was basically like that, the jump right before I was, I let off of it or let off the brakes and just kind of landed flat landed. And I was like, man, if you can jump that, you can, you can, uh, probably make up a second, like a second and a half. And if nobody jumped if I was like, there's a lot to gain right there. Yeah. And it wasn't that sketchy. And, it, and I come around there and I wasn't trying to jump at this time. I come through there and I just didn't hit the brakes. I just coasted it like I did before. And, and just by no throttle, no brakes or nothing, just pulling in the clutch, I cased that thing so hard. I probably should have hit 
ejecto seat over there but uh <laughs> I, I landed and and really if if i wouldn't have got hurt if i, I shattered my heel if i wouldn't have got hurt i would have went right back out there and jumped it because i i give it no throttle i just because it was one of them things where you had to slam on brakes and stay down and, right. and i was just sizing up how how the lift of the thing yep. was and and i just had so much speed come more than i thought and it was really it would have been easy if i like i said if i wouldn't have got hurt i would have went right back out there and I'd have put some new wheels on the bike and uh, cause I bent the wheels on it and everything. It was pretty bad, <laughs> but uh, I would have went right back out there and, and jumped it up. No hands down. I, I would have went out okay. there and done it. But yeah, that was, that was really the only time that I was in the best shape that year. That was the only time that I got the train, but I did wreck about three weeks before and I was coming into there not being able to ride. I had broken ribs. So okay. it was, it was, I don't know if you ever broke ribs, but it was, uh, it's tough to ride motocross. Yeah. So the last week and a half, two weeks, I wasn't able to ride and, and going into Daytona, but I was in good shape. I was training mm -hmm. best I was ever been. So I was, I was pretty pumped up about it. And then I go out there and go out there and goon <laughs> it. And, uh, I remember it really sucked. I was so aggravated. I had a guy that helps me out a lot. Brian Robertson element 44, yeah. he come down and was helping me out that, that weekend. And, it was like he just got there and it was like, all right, it's time to go home. Oh. <laughs> he ended up helping me drive home and we uh it was I felt bad for anybody that was involved in the program and, and um all the effort that I put in and we put in to it and I just go out there and go go about five three or four laps and like you idiot. <laughs> Yeah. So I, I remember, I remember the story. That's about how I thought it was going to go. I remember somebody telling me that they thought that, you know, you didn't, you know, mean to jump it or something. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure he meant to jump it. I'm pretty sure like he was sizing it up. Like you weren't trying to clear was, it then, but yeah, I wasn't trying to clear it, but I was sizing it up. I really yeah. was. And it was just, it actually shot me way further than I thought it would. And, and it sure. was, it was one of them. I don't know. It, I'd love to take it back and have what that What a coulda, shoulda. Yeah. 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 You would love uh, to bend the, I would have loved the story. I tell people, I always cheer for stories now, especially the way that we're covering the sport here with the show. And uh, to have the TT guy be the one that comes out and jumps this thing would have been an awesome story. Oh, it would have been cool because I felt really good. The track was cool. It was really cool that year. And it, yeah, I, I felt really good out there. And that was kind of the second time I rode in about two and a half weeks because of my rib or yeah uh, maybe yeah something like that and um we i felt good i really did and i went out there and done that i was pissed and then we i was like well because that year I, I was gonna i was just gonna race motocross i wasn't gonna race tt and and i okay. ended up i said well we're we're racing tt this year and <laughs> i remember going to the first race in um busco beach i was still on a knee scooter oh and, my um, gosh yes i had a knee scooter wasn't supposed to be putting no pressure on it and, uh, yeah yeah we went out there and we had one lane they had an option lane one was a smooth one one had two little rollers in it and i was like i don't care how much slower it is i'm going to smooth one every time okay and then we went out there for the first i ended up winning my heat race and it was all i could do to get a boot on once i put my boot on for the day i left it on because i couldn't take it back off right so it was like uh and i'm rolling around the pits on a knee scooter couldn't put no weight on it we went out there i won my heat race and um the first main i took the smooth line i come out second off the whole shot okay first first lap i took the smooth lane and they didn't water the smooth lane as good as they needed to 
Okay. The jump lane was like five bike lengths faster. And I was like, I'm not doing that again. <laughs> so the whole day I was like, I'm not jumping that. I don't want to destroy my foot. Yep. As soon as I done that and that guy got me on the main event by six bike lengths and I was lucky to still be in second. I was like, gotta I do went, it. I guess my, I went in tunnel vision. I was like, I got to <laughs> win this race. And, and I ended up jumping over there and I ended up winning the race. And nice. it, it was, it was pretty, uh, it was it was pretty tough race to race and i was so wore out afterwards because i couldn't put as much weight on that one leg and mm -hmm. it was it was pretty cool yeah i wanted to i wanted to touch on that so i'm glad that you brought it up because for those of you uh the listeners that don't have uh, experience with that i mean a heel a uh, broken heel is about as bad a structural injury as a person can have. That is such a major injury. Um, so I, I wondered that I remembered the story and I don't remember if it was Kenny Marco telling me or somebody back then telling me like, you know, he had, you know, he needed help to get on his quad. Like, he, you know, he wasn't supposed to be walking all these things and, uh, and then going out there. And, you know, so my question was, is how much tougher did that make that season obviously now you said you weren't even necessarily planning on going tt racing then to know but, that you go on to win three titles you know that year brad uh man what a what a story that is them first two rounds were hell for sure i, I especially <laughs> that first one it was i think yeah. i ended up winning two out of the three main events and getting on the podium on the other one i can't remember exactly the i do remember winning that first one but i, I don't remember the results on the i know i was on the podium all three all three races that round and, and it, okay. it got better as the rate or the, I had like a month in between for the next race. So I was, I was able to walk the next round, but still hurting. <laughs> and, um, as far as injuries, worse injuries that, that I would say I've had the, another, I've, I've snapped both Achilles tendons also, and that was pretty rough. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. The, so, uh, yes. so the heel, the heel separate from Achilles injuries, those, both yes. of those are about as bad as it gets. So you have yes. experience there, pal. Jeez. Oh yeah. I guess I got some weak, uh, weak feet or something. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't, I didn't get blessed with good feet. Oh my and Achilles tendons Cause I've snapped both of them. Jeez. Yeah. I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. Just like the sport of ATV motocross as a whole, our digging deep community is brought together by the love for racing that we all share. Our sport is compiled of many great people, and leading that charge is the Launderville family at Launderville Steel Enterprises and Concrete Supply. This racing-owned family business is a steel and concrete supplier serving the entire United States. Launderville Steel is a full-service steel supplier of new and surplus steel, aluminum, and stainless steel products headlined by the 4130 chromoly tubing and plate used in the building of chassis for ATVs and UTVs, off-road truck racing, late model dirt and pro tractor pulling series, drag racing, and more. Launderville Steel loves their racing just as much as we do, but don't forget about their concrete division as well. With over 25 years of experience, the concrete division can supply everything you need to complete your next business or personal project. Their central Midwest location enables LSE to easily serve customers across the United States. For a quote, additional info, answers to more of your questions, or to talk a little racing, head over to LaundervilleSteel.com or give them a call today. We are proud to be partnered with yet another racer-owned company. Thank you, Launderville Steel Enterprises and Concrete Supply. Here at Digging Deep, we have an obvious passion for ATVs and pridefully enjoy sharing the sport's history. Since 2019, when the podcast was born, we've been working to partner with individuals who share our passion, but one man and his vision had been missing from our partnership group until now. 
When it comes to the sports history, the hallowed grounds of Binky's Forever ATC Museum has it all. Binky Tap's got mind-blowing collection of three and four wheelers has preserved history by spanning all makes and models from Honda three-wheelers in chronological order to unique builds that shaped ATB racing as we know it, like Doug Gust's iconic DRZ-powered hybrid thumper and everything in between. There's no denying Binky's passion, a passion that we certainly relate to here at Digging Deep. Binky's goal is to share his amazing collection with fellow enthusiasts by making his prized possessions accessible to the public via scheduled visits. Follow Forever ATC Museum on Facebook and watch foreveratc.com for further updates on possibly getting a chance to see Binky's Forever ATC Museum for yourself. We are proud to welcome Binky's Forever ATC Museum to the Digging Deep family. Evans Waterless Power Sports Coolant. The best power sports coolant on the market, Evans prevents overheating and boil over so you need not worry about harming your engine or suffering a premature end to your ride no matter what the conditions. Designed for use in ATVs, UTVs, motorcycles, and other power sports equipment, when conditions are at their worst, Evans is at its best. Upgrade to Evans now to avoid overheating and boil over next time you hit the track or trail. Use discount code DIGGINGDEEP20 at checkout to save at evanscoolant.com. Thanks for listening, and remember to support our partners. Now back to the show. So fill me in on on kind of you know what's happened in recent he- years here, buddy. Because you know we saw you at a couple ATV motocross races and pro am and twenty five plus. I think that was two thousand twenty uh, back in twenty twenty. We know that you know you've won a couple more uh, TT titles at this point, or more than a couple in recent years. You did the Wavos Pro Invitational recently, so uh, seems to me like you've you know been out here living your best life. Like you said, the racing's kind of uh, kind of paying for itself. I love how you run it like a business. You do such a great job advertising and all the stuff that you do with your racing. It's such a buttoned up deal. I love that. Love watching the way you go about your business. And you've really carved out a niche for yourself, pal. It sure seems like, man, you so many people could learn by trying to to model their racing after yours. You've really uh you've really done a great job, pal. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, it's it's been a journey. We the last couple of years, um we've we've been um let's see. We went to, I think, what, motocross race at, uh, what is that? At south of the border. Yeah, oh, yeah. I couldn't think yep. of it. Sorry. Yes, I was, yes, that's what I was, I was stomped on there. Okay. But uh, south of the border, we went there, and I, I signed up for 25-plus and then uh, Pro-Am, I think. Yep, yep and, you did. And the only reason I signed up, I didn't really have no business in Pro-Am because I hadn't rode at all motocross. I just showed up and jumped on the bike and let's, uh, let's go and uh, – Signed up for 25 plus. That was a couple fast guys in there too that I mean uh really give me a fit. And then I, I think the Pro Am race was like two races after. There was no there was one race in between the two. So I basically had to go straight back up to the line and and I only had about a lap and a half, two laps in me <laughs> after after running one moto and then the pro am. And I think one race I, I come out like fifth and I made it up to third and then I was I was gassed out. I was like immediately like Y'all go ahead. I'll get out of the way. <laughs> Y'all do y'all's thing. I don't, I, I belong here for, for about 30 seconds. And now I don't belong here. Y'all <laughs> don't let me get in y'all's way. I just kind of moved over, let people go and yeah, bow down. Let me, y'all, y'all do y'all's thing. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I really like that track. I really like South of the border. I didn't make it down there in 2020. I had already wrapped up the title there in, in 25 plus, And I'm like, yeah, um, I'm not going to, 
drive 19, 18, 19 or 20 hours, whatever it is to get down there. I remember it being like 2,500 miles or something round trip. And, uh, and then, then you ended up being there and I was like, man, that would have been, that would have been fun. But, uh, yeah, that's the same. We was looking forward to, I was looking yeah. forward to racing against you. Cause I think you had yeah. a pretty, pretty solid year, pretty tough, good so year. In, and, uh, it, and actually at the beginning of the season, you were at Aonia, right? You were at Aonia, but then you must've had a bike problem or something. Cause oh, I remember yeah. I remember thinking I to myself, up. I remember thinking to myself, like I knew, you know, I knew Mitch was going to be good, Mitch Reynolds, and I knew you were going to be good. So I'm like, okay, I got these TT guys that I'm going to have to race against. And then I remember something must've happened to you. Like you were a non-factor all weekend. No, it was, it was a terrible weekend. We, we come out there for, as far as mechanical issues, um, we come out there to run the, uh, the stock pro class, which is yeah. a new class. And we was yeah. kind of pumped up about it. I had that. You were KTM. on a KTM. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. And, uh, and I went out there and, and they ended up, um, stripping the, the rear spindle out on one side. And then the, the transmission went out and the oh same, gosh. like the, this, the bike was ruined. And okay. then I go out there and the, the, with you guys. And I think we was a lap into it or two laps into it. And, and, um, I don't know if we dropped the valve or something, but it grenaded oh. one of our, we grenaded the motor we, we had, and it was, uh, the end of the day there. And it was just like weekend, we, weekend to forget there. Oh, it, it was terrible. And I was looking forward to it too. Cause I always liked that track and yeah, it was pretty cool. And that, and, and with, like you said, with you and, and Mitch and stuff, I was, I was really, I think it would have been a, a good fun race between us three and it, it would have been really fun to get up there and mix it up with you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed for sure. That was a fun year and and it's fun to, I mean, you're still doing the TT thing at the fastest level that there is, but you know, on the motocross side, it's fun to, it's been fun, like to, to race the vet classes now, um, as much as a cop-out answer as that might, might sound like, because like you said already, you know, the pro class is so fast. Pro-am is so fast. Like I've had a ton of fun the last couple of years running pro sport. So the, the races aren't quite as long as pro-am. So you, you know, you run six laps or whatever it is and kind of mess, mix around with these kids. And that's a lot of fun, but racing the vet classes where it's, you know, it's, it's nothing but fun. Like, like I'm out there just having a blast and no pressure necessarily. And not so hard on my stuff and whatever, man, like it's just been, uh, it's been so much fun. So man, uh, maybe we can, you know, get together and do this a little bit more going forward but uh i want to touch on the tt stuff as we kind of you know kind of throttle this thing down here um i said i was going to ask you about kind of the state of tt racing so fill me in on the state of tt atv racing in in america today pal um i know that there's a few seemingly good notable series out there you talked about the one down by you uh that's obviously the the premier one like you said and and to me seems like you know like tt's gained momentum in recent years so kind of fill me in on that yeah, TT's re- really doing good. I don't know what how it compares as far as rider count in, in the motocross versus the TT, but I think it's, uh, from what I heard, I think it's pretty close. Um, okay. But awesome. the Northeast Extreme Dirt Track Series, we've been really getting, especially some of the the one-off, or just like Astribula, it's always huge. I think that one year we had like 900 entries or whatever. Yeah. But um, it's, it's always the bigger one, but I think we're getting anywhere from – somewhere around 400 riders mm-hmm. if i ain't mistaken yep. and i don't know what the motocross is I, I really don't have a clue i hadn't looked into it but um it and then you got we got our local series that does really pretty good and then you got the midwest series i think they're they're they got a pretty decent series out there too yeah it seems like it. so it yeah. kind of 
it, it makes it where them guys don't have to travel as much and we don't have to travel as much. Mm-hmm. We, we're just blessed with the better tracks though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's like I said, some of those tracks down by you look so badass. I could watch those videos for days. Oh, um, this is cool. There was a couple of uh, GoPro videos that was put up this past year. I think maybe it was Aaron meddling. Uh, I think so. Yeah. Cam. Yeah, yeah. That was, that was some of the, some really cool GoPro footage. It was really yeah. good race. Yeah. 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 So, so awesome to see you guys dicing it up. And, uh, the other cool thing that you can see in some of those newer videos is that, you know, you, you for 2022, you went blue, you added a, uh, YFZ 450R to the fleet there of yours. Um, I was very curious. I've been curious since seeing that for the first time to ask you about what that experience has been like. So tell me about that. It's it's been fun. It's been really cool. I've been wanting to do it for a couple of years, and then I seen that that build that uh Daryl built. Um, and I I get I called we called him up, and I was like, hey man, I would you be we we kind of talked a little bit about maybe buying it from him or whatever, building something similar, and um okay, ask him how he liked it, and he's he said, uh, you want to come up and run ice race and. And I remember that. Kinda, I remember that we, you kind of made a deal before. If I liked it, I was going to bring it home with me. And, and that's what I did. I went up there and raced it and, um, I liked it, but it just didn't have the power. It was, it was, it was off from what it needed to be. I think we, we brought it back, put it on the dyno before the chain broke and went through the cases. It had 53 horsepower. Okay. <laughs> so we was way off cause we was racing against the, uh, it's funny because a buddy of mine that went with me, he we went out there and I practiced or went to the first heat race and and um I think I got second and I was like I can't wait to come back next year to redeem myself. He's like, what are you talking about? I was like, dude, I don't have a chance in hell to win this. I was like, I this thing is is slow compared to what I'm used to. Like the, and them other guys had CRF hybrids yeah. and uh, they was just really fast and. And, and that ice racing is kind of what you need of you need of something fast. And mm-hmm. yeah. but it, it, I really love the way it handled the handling was really good. And we, we brought it back. We, um, I got Dan and, and Lonnie and, and Brandon at NASA. We took it to them and we basically, uh, redone the bike. I think twice, really. <laughs> we, uh, we redone the pipe. The, the gas tank was down low. We, we put, gas tank where it's supposed to be we we ended up moving it later on putting the gas tank under the seat and oh wow and then we we um so we we basically changed that thing twice throughout the year and halfway through the year we ended up switching and putting a different motor a a newer model motor that's even a little bit better we got the 2020 i think it's 2020 motor in there where we had like an 18 or something i'm not sure oh really okay could be wrong okay but um and that was a little bit different, a little better, but, uh, it's, I really love the bike, the bike handles and it before, whenever I was on a Yamaha, cause that's, I went from the Banshee to the, uh, I got a Yamaha and everybody was telling me you can't get no power out of that. Don't get it. And then I get out, I get it. And I love the way it handles. I was just getting my, the first model Yamahas, they, them Hondas were just walking the dog on me on the straightaway. And yeah. I didn't, it took me a couple of years after getting beat on the straightaway before I, realize i got a honda and to get back in the game yeah but now they're they're so fast the four-wheeler motor and the dirt bike motor i got the dirt bike motor in mine i thought so yeah and it's it's a beast and even the the four-wheeler motors we got i got a i got a bike with a four-wheeler motor in it too and it's i mean they're they're 
they're no slouch. We're we're used to. Uh, I was at a disadvantage on it. And now I, I remember getting off the Yamaha onto the Honda, and I hated that Honda. The only thing good about it was it's fast. Yeah. And I, I was like, I hate this thing. It handles like a board. Uh, it just sucked. And I was like, get me back on that Yamaha. Put this yeah. motor on that frame, and we'll, mm-hmm. we'll be good. And it's, but uh, we we stayed with Honda for a while, and I'm glad to be back on Yamaha. I'll probably, I'll probably finish my years out on the Yamaha because it, it's just it's a really good, a good bike. Machine. It's hard to beat it. Yeah, and, good... and two, you you can go buy a brand new one. Where versus, it's hard getting harder and harder to find these Hondas, and you're getting ragged out stuff that yeah, that's yeah. just bent and broke up, and you can't really find a good bike to, to get now and you can buy a brand new Yamaha and you know what you got. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Though that, that was the, that was the thing, you know, I wanted to ask you about, cause I know that that platform is so good at the same time, you know, you had the Honda so figured out and such a great program for so long. I'm like, man, I think that's a, that's a testament to how good the Yamaha, particularly the chassis is for you yeah. to have such a figured out program. It's like, you could have done the status quo for the rest of the time and, you know, still been as competitive as ever. Um, but to know that you could make your program better by running the Yamaha, that's why I wanted to talk to you about it. And that's why it was impressive to me, you know, like I knew whenever I wrote it on the ice, I was like, this thing handles really good. Yeah. It wasn't powerful then, but it handles really good. And I knew Dan and and them at DASA, they they can fix that part. Of and, course. Um, so uh, we we once I wrote it, I was like, I, I love it. I mean, I I wrote it, and we and it's funny because we got it ready, and I went down to practice on it, and we something I can't remember exactly something broke on it. I got one lap of practice on oh, it, wow. and it and it broke. So and we got it fixed, and we got it fixed last minute, like the week of the first race, and. Okay. We we go out there for the first race, and at that point, I wasn't a hundred percent sure I was going to race it because I didn't really yeah. know what I had because I hadn't got to practice on it nothing. So right. that was basically the first race. First round one was the first time I got to ride the bike and actually test it like it needed to be. And and yeah. and right off the rip, I I think I come out there and won the the first um the first heat race, and I I was in love with it then. I was like, this thing's pretty bad to the bone. Yeah. Well, I remember, I remember you posting, you know, something like that, like a picture of the all red Honda and a picture of the all blue. Yeah, I've done a teaser with this guy right here. Yeah. We had stuff parts laying around to redo that Honda. And um, I was like, I'm going to throw this stuff on there and kind of just throw everybody off. Cause that's, I love it. It's it's always fun just to kind of the, the mess, keep people guessing until the first round and, and, uh, So I threw that out like the day of going down there and, yeah. and like check out the new uh, ride for this year. And and then we get there and I, was, I, was, I think I said <laughs> something like uh, got some more news to come or something like that. Just kind of get them sure. guessing. And we showed up and I, I remember rolling it out of the trailer and everybody was like, what? They had to do a double take and there it was, it was cool. And then Chucky done the same thing. He didn't tell nobody and he shows up on a Yamaha too. It was, it was, it was pretty cool. Yeah, we both did really good. He had his the four wheeler motor on his, and and uh, we both went out there and was running one and two at, in several of the heat races in Maine's. So yeah. it's pretty cool. That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, I knew that that was going to be a good uh, good move for your program, and that was fun to see. So um, as we kind of you know wind down here, we want to look to the future. Uh, so as we look to the future in twenty twenty three and beyond, pal, what does your your racing future have in store? What do you got planned? Um, we're going to race, uh, 
we're going to do what we do, try to repeat what we did uh, last year. We're just going to run the Northeast Extreme Dirt Track Series. We might, um, like I said, we might run a, a motocross race that Bud's yeah. Creek. But um, yeah, maybe show up at some of the other one. My stepson, he's he's riding too, and he's moving up to uh, the Pro Am class this year too. Okay. He's going to be running with me. So I told him that I wasn't. He's like, when you he's <laughs> we joke around, and he's like, uh, when are you going to quit? You better not quit before I can uh, get on the podium. I was like, I'm not going to quit till we get on the podium together. So okay, okay. That, that's uh that's the goal is us us standing on the podium together, and and uh, awesome. he's. He's 16 now, and he he won the uh, A class and the uh, semi pro class last year. Okay. So and he, he's a little guy. He don't weigh but about. I told him he don't stand a chance till he gets about 140. Right now he weighs <laughs> 95 pounds. Oh my gosh! <laughs> He'll get mad at me if I don't correct that. He weighs uh, 102. <laughs> okay. 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 Yeah, the quad doesn't even know he's on it. Well, that that that's no, cool. Yeah. That that's and cool. It, he he rips the whole shots on that thing. I'm Dan sure he does. Give him, yeah, I I don't even think they got to give him what they do give him, but they uh, give him a rocket ship, and he he yanks the crap out of hole shots, and and uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah, that's so, uh, that's awesome to share that with him too. Brad is the oh is the yeah, coolest it's, thing. it's gonna be a fun, interesting year, and that's I told him coming into this year if he if he finishes uh like sixth seventh, consider that a win. Uh, don't get discouraged, but he knows he's, he's going to be tickled to death with the top, top 10. Yeah. That's awesome, man. So, uh, as we kind of tie a bow on things here, we wrap up, uh, things here, Brad. So you've raced countless, uh, countless amount of, of legends, countless amount of races. Uh, like I said, you've raced a countless amount of legends and so many different disciplines of racing. So do you have, uh, if I were to ask you a favorite battle, a favorite race, a favorite track, a favorite rival, uh, to race with anything like that, give me anything you got there. Anything that comes to mind when I first propose that question to you? I think probably the, it's hard to say. I mean, me and Chucky's had a lot of good battles throughout the years. He's, he's been a really good, uh, competitor and, and, and to a respectful rider out on the track. And sure. And that means a lot too. And, uh, but I would say probably Harold Goodman, me, me and him had some really good battles, especially that last full year he run. I think we went into the last, uh, last race. I think I was, I had a get off early in the year and I, I was running behind him and it knocked me out of off the podium because I tipped over and I ended up coming back and finishing fourth. And that that's all I could go back to remember is that like, all I had to do was not do that. And I would have won, but it could have, would have, should have. But uh, <laughs> I remember going in, if I won everything, both, we had a double header in New York. If I win both of them and he gets uh second and then gets third and one of them, all he had to do was finish third and one of them. And I, and, and uh, I, I'd win the championship, and but he got second. I beat him in both of them. Come from behind in both of them, and passed him, and beat him in both of them. And then he ended up uh, edging me out by two points that year. And I was Damn. just like, it was so. But it, I didn't win. But that probably was like one of the most memorable, like closest sure. battles. And and uh, 
like rivalries we had. It was it was so tense that weekend. It was like I I did what I needed to do. He just he just didn't do his part. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. That's uh that's awesome. And and he's a legend. I mean, he's as legendary as it gets. Oh, yeah. Especially in the TT side, right? So um to be battling with a guy like that is pretty special. Uh, so last thing I got for you, you're one of the greatest to ever. Do it in TT, and you know you're an incredible moto rider as well. Like we've touched on for the last nearly hour and a half. Uh, so I have to believe that moto helps you you know, makes you, helps make you a better TT rider and TT helps make you a better moto rider. Uh, do you think that's the case? And, and, you know, I guess, how do you outline kind of that for me? I would think so. I mean, it helps to, uh, these rougher, some of these TT tracks ain't what everybody thinks they're so like we went to Astrobula. It was a little rough this past year, the first a one or Astrobula, the first one. Mm-hmm. And it, some of the, just being able to, the, to manhandle that bike. And I feel, I feel like they both help each other out. Like Agreed. me racing TT, I go out there and run motocross, my corner speed and ground speeds sometimes faster than some of them other guys could just cause that's what I'm used to mm-hmm. and vice versa. They're good on the rough stuff. I remember some of them guys playing in the, the motor or TT side from the motocross, they do good on the rough stuff and the technical stuff. And, Mm-hmm. that's why i like i like both of them and i feel like i've did decent up on the motocross and and really well on the tt but um i would say yeah definitely helps out to run them both oh for sure i think uh i think that you know you see it in the bike control the throttle control and then you know you especially and this is no surprise but man on some of those hard pack tracks and we used to have a little more of that in atv motocross we used to have a few more of those but man when yeah. you get to a hard pack track brad riley was was tough to beat you know so oh i loved him the, uh, was the muddy creek was always always like a tt track it and birch creek TT. right birch creek yeah too. Birch Creek. I think I won a, a pro-am race there too. Uh, yep. yeah, Birch yep. Creek was pretty cool. It yeah. was like a TT track too. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I, 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 uh, definitely think that those work hand in hand, but, uh, man, this has been so much fun. That's going to wrap it up for us and wrap up this conversation with Brad Riley on the digging deep ATVMX podcast brought to you by blenders. Eyewear. use discount code digging deep 20 at blenders, But Brad, man, you are a bad dude. I appreciate your time so much. This has been so much fun and, uh, we'll definitely, I'd love to have you on kind of during that, that Bud's Creek kind of time, kind of going around that event there talking about the, the TT side of things, maybe getting in on the, the motocross side of things. I think that that would be a blast. So if you're down for it, let's plan on doing this again, because this has been a blast and, uh, love to tell your story. I think it's unique. You're, uh, like I said, one of the best and, and Shane hit said it too. One of the best ever to do it on the TT side. Awesome motocross rider. Uh, like I said, this has been a blast and I would love to do it again. That'd be, uh, that'd be top of the list around that time of year for, uh, for Bud's Creek. Sure. Absolutely. Love to do it again. Uh, thanks for having me. And, um, We'll uh, do it again. Awesome, man. You're the man. Thanks so much, pal. That's multi-time TT champion, multi, multi, multi-time, 29-time, I think he said, Brad Riley, uh, TT champion right here on the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast. Take care, pal. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. See you. I love TT racing, man. What a great conversation with a rad dude. And I don't know about you, but I am jazzed up for this Bud's Creek event this summer that will feature both MX and TT racing. It's going to be a sight to see just like old times. Major thanks to tonight's featured guest, Brad Riley. Thanks to producer Dallas Jansen, my brother, for all his hard work. Thanks to Brooke and AMA official Harv Whipple. Thanks to all of our donors. You know who you are. We appreciate you so much. Thanks to all of our partners. CST Tires. Go to shop 
shop.csdtires.com today. Yamaha, thanks to Blue Crew, SSI decals, DID racing chain, Namira Technologies, Bronco ATV and UTV components, Impact Solutions, Launderville Steel Enterprises and Concrete Supply, the financial advice of the Haymauer Financial Group, Forworks Carbon, DP Brakes, Factory 43, Binky's Forever ATC Museum, Evans Waterless Power Sports Coolant, Walsh Racecraft, and Manscaped. Get 20% off and free shipping with code DIGGINGDEEP20 at manscaped.com. Support the brands that support our show, and don't forget to use those codes to save. Find it all on our website, and be sure to click that Rocky Mountain ATVMC banner for all your gear and parts needs and to help us out. And most of all, thanks to you guys for listening. Our show merchandise, including our Legends Never Die tees, the same tees, that Shane hit himself is going to be rocking when he receives his shipment. Those items and the rest of our merchandise line are all available at shop.diggingdeepatvmx.com. So check that out. And if you're looking for another easy way to help support us, visit our website and click the Patreon or Buy Me a Coffee buttons. This allows you to set up a one-time or monthly contribution to support our efforts. And I'm really interested in doing a listener questions episode, so don't be afraid to use that voicemail line. That number is 920-569-3519. If you get enough questions, I'd love to do an episode kind of getting into those questions and topics of yours that would be so much fun so get on that for me follow the show on social media digging deep atbmx podcast and myself cody jansen for additional content coverage and more fun stuff throughout the off season you can find us on apple podcasts google podcasts amazon Podcasts, spotify stitcher and more wherever you find podcasts you'll find the digging deep atbmx podcast all episodes additional podcast providers sponsor links and discount codes our show merchandise fantasy info and more it can all be found on our website diggingdeepatvmx.com so check that out today be a friend tell a friend please download subscribe rate review and share and with that for brad riley brooke jansen dallas jansen and i'm your host cody jansen thanks for listening to and making us the most listened to podcast in atv racing with more than 193,000 downloads last month in 100 total countries until next time thanks for joining us in digging deep with the stars of atv motocross Things are crashing and burning here at the Digging Deep Podcast, much like the Titanic. Those guys were hauling ass, for real. I remember watching Doug Gus, I don't know who it was, Steel City, running the same times Friday afternoon as James Stewart was on Sunday back then. It was mental. I've never seen quads go that fast. Quad are freaking gnarly.